You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. Well, good morning, Christ Walk Church. Happy New Year. How's everybody doing today? So good to see all of you. One person's excited about it. Um... All right. We got all kinds of new things going on. New year, new sport coat, new stage design. It's pretty cool. Shout out to, uh, to Chris and his team, the crew that was here. Um, several guys came out and helped to make this happen um, over the holiday break. And, and um, I think it looks incredible. I'm excited um, about this year and everything that God has in store for us. Uh, Before we jump into the message today, I just want to say thank you um, on behalf of my family for all of the calls, the texts, messages, emails, the cards, flowers, all of the prayer um, that you guys have given us, your well wishes, everything um, that you have done to just care for us um, as uh, we walk through the process of Um, my mother-in-law passing away, and just thank you in advance uh, for your continued care and support as we um, continue to navigate this season, that just because it's over doesn't mean it's over. And so there's still some stuff that, um, you know, that that we're going to have to walk through, and and Sarah in particular. Um, And man, it is, it's so hard to believe that it's 2023, right? Did it sneak up on anybody like it snuck up on me? Anybody? It's, it's, I can't believe that, that we stand here um, this morning, but I, I think it's a great way to kick off um, the new year. And so I'm looking forward to um, just sharing some thoughts with you this morning that um, hopefully will set the tone uh, for our new year and will propel us into um, a message series that will begin next week that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, but if you got your Bibles or a smart device, I want to invite you to um, turn with me or swipe with me to the New Testament. Um, we're going to be in Paul's letter to uh, the Ephesians. Um, we'll take a look at a couple spots there. So chapter one and then chapter three. Um, we'll land there here momentarily. But um, it's, it's always interesting uh, getting ready to turn the page to a brand new chapter, to a brand new year. And, and maybe those of you um, that are here in the room, some of you watching online this morning, maybe you had a terrible 2022. And so you're kind of perhaps standing here this morning um, with, with battling perhaps some, some fear and trepidation as we get into a new year. Maybe you're asking the question, how can I make sure that things don't get worse than what they already are? Or on the flip side of that, maybe you're here this morning and you had an incredible 2022. And so um, you're approaching this new year, perhaps with some excitement and anticipation. And you're asking the question, perhaps, how can I make sure that I don't mess things up 
right? That's two sides of, of really the same coin. How can I make sure that things don't get worse? Or how can I make sure that, that I don't mess things up? And, and both mindsets, both of those mindsets are, are such that, that they're choosing to play it safe. Both of those mindsets assume the bare minimum. Both of those mindsets take on the wrong outlook. It's the outlook that, that this life that we live, that it's up to us and that we have all of the control. But the truth is, is that this life that we live, the things that happen to us, the things that we experience, it's up to God and he is the one that is in control. And so as we begin this new year, I think it's important, and this is not rocket science for anyone. I'm not telling you any new information here, but I think it's important for us to understand and reiterate that regardless of what last year was for you, whether it was good, whether it was bad, or whether it was somewhere in between, that as, as it stands right now, you are precisely in position at this very moment for God's glory to be revealed in your life in the year to come. And what I know to be true is that you and I, we do not serve a bare minimum God. Our God is an above and beyond God. And I can say with full confidence this morning that God wants to do something amazing in your life this year. But let me be clear, that, that doesn't guarantee for anyone that this coming year is going to be easy. I cannot guarantee you today that, that this next year is going to be full of successes. I can't promise anybody that this next year for you is going to be free of struggle. I, I can't guarantee that it's going to be absent of pain, but whatever this year has in store for each of us, we can all be sure that God desires to work in our life over the next 365 revolutions around the sun. The question is this morning, what outlook are you and I going to choose to take? Because that is what is going to make the difference. That's what's going to determine the trajectory of where things move over the coming weeks and months as this year plays out. I've heard it said like this, outlook determines outcome, right? If you wanna find the negative in something, you can. If you wanna find the positive in something, you can. I believe it was Henry Ford that said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. Outlook determines outcome. And, and in his letter to the Ephesians, Paul gives us some insights into what I believe is the outcome that you and I should be striving for in the coming year. Now, a little bit of background about this book of Ephesians is that it was written to believers in Ephesus. And Ephesus is um, in, uh, in ancient Asia Minor, but here in modern day, it would be in Turkey. And the book of, uh, of Ephesians has got six chapters. There's two main sections. Chapters one through three uh, are where Paul delivers doctrine, or in other words, what to believe. And then chapters four through six are where Paul talks about ethics or 
In other words, how to behave. So we have these two sections. Paul's telling uh, his, his readers, this is what you need to believe, and then this is how you need to behave as a result. And as a part of that doctrine section there in chapters 1 through 3, we have these two um, prayers that Paul prays or that he writes out these prayers on behalf of these believers in Ephesus. And I believe that, that, um, that they, they're uh, very relevant to us and our lives today, particularly here as we turn the page into a new year. Now, prayer number one, um, we pick up in Ephesians 1, uh, verses 19 through 23. And here, Paul is, is praying a prayer of enlightenment. He's praying um, about the things that he wants the people of God to know. So he's praying this prayer of enlightenment. We pick up on the tail end of this prayer here in chapter one, starting with verse 19. He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Verse 22, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. And so those are things that Paul is communicating that he wants, he wants us as believers, he wants us to know, he wants us to understand about the God that we serve. He wants us to be enlightened in our minds about who God is and how he has established authority and order and control over this world and, and who he is in regard to the church and the people of God, the body of uh, his, his church, you and I as believers. And then in this second prayer in uh, Ephesians 3, Paul shifts from enlightenment to enablement. This prayer, this second prayer that he prays um, on behalf of the believers in Ephesus, it's not so much what he wants them to know, but rather what he wants us to do as a result. And so we'll take a look, Ephesians 3, picking up in verse 14. And this is where we're going to spend the bulk of our time today, breaking down these few verses. Um, he says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Verse 20, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. 
Now, I I think the reason why Paul prays both of these prayers and and why one moves from enlightenment to then the second being focused on enablement is because Paul understands the truth that it's one thing to know something, but if that knowledge doesn't result in life change, then it's ultimately worthless, right? Perhaps you've heard the adage put this way, that belief determines behavior. Belief determines behavior. In other words, the, the things that we, that we truly believe, that we ascribe to, that, that we know to be true, that, that that serves as the foundation for how, um, how we act, how we behave, how our lives play out, the things that we do. And this is precisely what Paul is getting at. He's saying that if we know or we believe in the truth of what he included in his first prayer, that then the natural result of that is that there there should be the reality or the outcome of the elements of his second prayer showing up in our lives. And and it's right there toward the end of that second prayer that, that Paul challenges our outlook and the outlook that you and I should should take on for this coming year. Where in verse 20, he says, God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more or above and beyond more than we might ask or think. And so this morning, if if you and I, if we believe that to be true, then we ought to reflect that belief by the way that we choose to live or by the behavior that we display. And it's in the truth of verse 20 that we see Paul reiterating the fact that we do not serve a God of the status quo or of of mediocrity, but we serve a God who goes above and beyond. And so for that reason, you and I, we've not been called to settle, but instead we've been called to live for something more and to expect and experience something greater in this life. And so for the next few minutes, as we break down this passage together, I want to talk about um, just six thoughts or six areas that God wants to do something greater in 2023. Six areas that God wants to do something greater in 2023. And so these are very simple, just practical kind of nuts and bolts thoughts to kind of set the tone for what I believe God is wanting to do in our hearts and lives, in our church, in our community, and beyond in this coming year. So if you're taking notes, maybe you want to write these down. First, we're going to take a look at Paul's example in what he provides as kind of bookends to this section of the letter, to to the prayer that he prays over his people. And, And the first one of these is greater prayer greater prayer. In verse 14, Paul says, when I think of all this, in other words, all of the, all of the things that, that he has, has taught the Ephesians up to this point, all of the doctrine that he's laid out for them, all of the, all of the things that, that he's telling them, this, this is how you ought to believe. 
as he wraps up this section here at the close of chapter three and is getting ready to move on to to shift from, from doctrine to ethics, from belief to behavior, what Paul is saying is, is that when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father. Now, we need to understand that this is no ordinary prayer, that what Paul is talking about is something different than just an ordinary prayer. It's, it's, it's not just, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. It's not God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. You know, it's, it's not those rote things. And, and, and uh, we, we have to understand a little bit about the ancient Jewish culture that Paul would have been immersed in. Typically, whenever, um, whenever they would pray at, at, in that time, the typical prayer posture would be to stand. This showed reverence and honor. And so anytime someone was called upon to pray or anytime someone would go to the temple and pray or, or they, would, they would pray in their home or whatever, they would, they would stand. We don't, we don't think about it in those terms. Here in, uh, in, in our culture, in this day and age in the United States of America, typically what we think, when we think about prayer, most often we think about kneeling, we think about heads bowed, eyes closed, and, and hands together like this or like this. You know, we've seen it in paintings and, and different representations and everything. But back then, whenever they prayed, it was, they were standing and they were, um, you know, head up and chest out. And it was something that was very regal and important and, and, and reverent. We think about it very differently. And so for, for Paul to say, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees in prayer, this would have been like, whoa, like he's talking about something serious here. He's going like this, this is a posture that you would not be in when it comes to prayer. And so what, what he is, is communicating here is that, that there's, there's some passion going here that, that going on here that he's being super intentional about this. And so as the Ephesians, uh, as they would have read this, their, their ears would have perked up and they would say, okay, we really need to listen to what Paul is saying here. And so he's, he's first off, he's setting the example but saying, I'm praying for you in a way that is like over and above intentional. Like this is serious. So you need to pay attention to what I am getting ready to tell you. And that's the same thing that's got to happen in our life. If God's going to do something above and beyond in and through us in this coming year, if God's going to do something greater in us, it's going to begin with intentional prayer. And so that's why the same way that we do every single January that we're starting off this year with a season of intentional prayer and reading of the scriptures. We're, we're taking it a step further. We normally do 21 days of prayer. We're doing 31 days of prayer this year. And together as a church, we're going to read through the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters, one chapter a day. For 31 days. So you can begin today with chapter one. If you'd like to follow along, if you use the YouVersion app, um, we're, we're following a, a reading plan through the Bible Project on there. It's one of our Kingdom Builders partners. You can get there in a couple different ways. You can either go online to our website, thechristwalk.com, click on the events tab, 
And then you'll see an entry there for our 31 days of prayer. There's a link that you can click that's going to connect you to that reading plan. Or if you already have the YouVersion Bible app, you can go into the search bar, search Christ Walk Church. And then when you pull us up, you'll see that we have that reading plan pinned for you to be able to join it, read along with us. And then while you're there, you can also set Christ Walk Church as your church on the YouVersion Bible app. And, and we're going to read the Bible through um, several different reading plans together throughout the course of this year, not just in January. So I would encourage you guys to do that. But not only are we going to read through the book of Proverbs, but, but we're going to pray these things over and into our lives. And then uh, beginning next week, we're actually going to kick off a series called The Ways of the Wise, where we're going to take an in-depth look at some of these Proverbs and, and how wise people act and behave and the choices that they make and, and what it looks like for us to be wise, people of, of wisdom that are making right choices and setting ourselves up for success right here at the beginning of the new year. So I hope that you'll be purposeful and intentional and, and that we'll see, uh, start off the year together seeking um, out greater prayer in our walk with Christ. That's the first thing, greater prayer. The second one, greater praise. Not just greater prayer, but also greater praise. This is the, the ending of this prayer. Paul uh, has these, these bookends that he includes. First one being prayer and at the end, Verses 20 and 21, he says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, here's the truth about what, whatever is, is lurking around the corner, the experiences that you and I are going to have in this coming year, uh, the, the truth is, is that, that we have a choice here this morning. You can decide right now for how you're going to respond. You can either pout or you can praise. Those are the two things that you can do. When, regardless of what happens to you, you can pout about it or you can praise, but you can't do both. You can't do both of those things. And so what, what Paul is, is giving us here and what I think it's important for us to know, uh, important for us to remember right here at the beginning of the year is that Paul is giving us a reason to praise. He's saying, you don't have to pout. You've got a reason to praise. And the reason is, is because God is able. He's able to do far more than you can ask, think, or imagine that no matter what we are facing, He's not just enough, but he is more than enough. For whatever is coming our way in the 12 months ahead, God has already got it figured out. He is more than able to take care of it. And so if you and I, if we believe in what Paul is saying here, if we believe that that's true, then I can't help but wonder, shouldn't our praise match accordingly? After all, Paul says, now, all glory to God. He doesn't say some glory. You know, now, most of the glory to God. Now, a little bit of the glory will reserve for God. No, he says, now, all glory to God. Who is able? And so, if that's the case, then in this coming year, you and I, we need to take advantage of every opportunity that we have to engage in corporate worship together. We need to come and, and, and 
when the, when the doors are open or when we have the opportunity to watch online or whatever that looks like for us, we need to get together with other believers and we need to engage in corporate worship together and not waste, not squander those opportunities. And beyond that, we need to be intentional throughout the week to make prayer a regular part of our rhythm and our pattern in the highs, in the lows, and everywhere in between. Because make no mistake about it, if you and I, if we're going to experience something above and beyond in our lives in the year to come, it's going to begin and end with a greater level of both prayer and praise. That's where it's going to start. Both of those things and how we engage in them are going to serve as the foundation for the life that we are going to live and, and, and the, the person that we are going to become in this coming year. And so as, as we move to the third thing that I believe Paul is speaking to us here this morning, we're going to shift from his example and now take a look at his expectation. We've talked about his example of prayer. We've talked about his example of praise. Now we shift to his expectation. And, and there's going to be four of these expectations for us, for the believers, that Paul includes in this prayer. And these serve as building blocks, each one building upon the other, that will rest upon this foundation that we've established of prayer and praise. Okay, so first off, we're going to seek greater prayer. Then we're going to seek after greater praise. The third thing is greater power, greater power. Verse 16, Paul writes, he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. What we need to know about this coming year is, is that God's plan for us is never going to take us where his power cannot also sustain us. The plan that God has for us is never going to lead us to a place where his power is not there. It's not readily available to sustain us through it. And, and here lately, I've been wondering something like this. I, I don't really know how to articulate it very well, but, but the, the thought that I've had, the, the thing that, that I've been praying about, the thing that I've been talking to God about, particularly in this last quarter, just some of the things that I've experienced personally that my family has walked through, that, that, we've, um, that we've experienced as a church and everything, that, that I've, been, I've been wondering, how can I be sure that I'm operating in accordance with God's power and not my own strength? I don't know if you've ever wondered that before, like, I, but I think about that. Like, I know that we're supposed to, you know, there, there's this idea from the scriptures that, that we're not supposed to lean onto our own strength and to our own understanding, but that we're supposed to operate on God's strength. And, and so I, I, I wonder, like, God, how can I be sure that I'm doing that? And so my prayer here of late has often been something like this, God, Help me to lean on your power and lean in to your rest. Help me to lean on your power and lean in to your rest. And, and I think that that's really what Paul is communicating here because he, he reminds us that, that God's resources are unlimited, that they don't run out. And it's difficult for us to understand as, as human beings because our, our strength 
is limited. Our, our, our physical abilities are limited. Our cognitive abilities are limited. Our bank accounts are limited. All of the things that we have and that we experience, we see limitations to all of them. There's, there's times when it, when it runs out, when it falls short, where we just can't do anymore, go anymore, make anything else happen. But God is not like that. His resources are unlimited. They don't run out. And so what that tells me is that I can go back to that well day after day after day after day, and I can receive a fresh indwelling of his spirit every single day. But what that requires of me, what that requires of us is to invite him into our lives in that capacity. Because God is a gentleman. He's not going to insert himself anywhere that he is not welcome. And he will allow us to do things in our own strength, in our own ability, in our own power. And he'll stand back and watch and just wait on the learning experience to take place until we finally figure it out. Hey, I can't do this on my own. I need more. And so it's an opportunity for us right here at the beginning of the year to set the tone for how we're going to operate over the remainder of 2023. And it begins with us inviting him in. God, I need a fresh touch of your power, your spirit, your strength. God, I welcome you into my life. Help me to lean on your power and lean into your rest in the days and weeks that come. And here's what I know about that, having walked that road for a little bit. That kind of prayer, that kind of invitation of God's power, his presence, his spirit into your heart and life, it, it's not guaranteed to change your situation but it will strengthen you for your situation. That's what we need. God, I, I'm not asking you to change my situation. I'm asking you to strengthen me so that I can walk through it. And as I do, help me to lean into your power and lean on your rest. Greater prayer, greater praise, greater power. Number four, greater production. Greater production. Verse 17, Paul writes, then... Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. You know this, our root determines our fruit. Our root determines our fruit. Paul writes about it in Galatians. He says, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And whether or not these are present or they are being developed in our lives, it's an indicator as to whether or not we are living in accordance with or we are rooted in or grounded in the Holy Spirit. I've said it before, if you don't like the fruit that you're harvesting, maybe you need to plant different seeds, Right? The same is true. If, if you're not producing healthy fruit, if there, if there aren't signs of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control being produced in a healthy way in your life, then you need to check the root. What are you rooted into? What are you grounded into? 
We've got to be sure that, that we're, we're digging down, that we're rooted in the, in, in the proper things, not only his word, but, but in, in community with other believers so that we can engage in God's word together. This is the power of life groups. Gives us an opportunity for encouragement. It gives us an opportunity for accountability so that when those fruits aren't evident, they're, they're not being developed in a healthy way that you got some people around you to go, hey man, you're, you're getting this wrong. You're looking at things the wrong way. You're, you're, you've got things out of line. There's things out of whack. You shouldn't be behaving this way because remember, this is what God's word says. Now let me help you. Let me pray with you. Let me, let me walk alongside you. We were, we were created to be in community with one another to do life together. And if we're going to grow, we got to get out of these rows and get into circles so that we can have this relational growth and we can develop relationships not only with God, but also with other people. Both of those things work together to, to make us strong so that we can produce these kinds of things in our life. God will bring that about. Here in just a few weeks, we're going to launch a brand new semester of life groups. And I would love it if every single person within the sound of my voice was a part of one of those groups got involved, found community, began to grow in their relationship with other believers and, and grow in their relationship with the word and, and grow to be, be able to develop more of the fruit of the spirit and, and the, 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 the spirit-filled, spirit-led life and how they operate and how they live from day to day. This is key. It's key to make that happen. So there's gonna be opportunities coming up for you to jump into a group if you're not in one already, or if the Lord's laid it on your heart to maybe start a group, we would love to help you launch a group and, and, and get in a community with other believers to begin to do life together so that you can produce more, something greater, what God's wanting to bring about in your life. Greater prayer, greater praise, greater power, greater production, number five, greater perception greater perception. Verse 18, Paul, Paul writes, and may you have the power to understand or to perceive as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. You know, I had this, this thought for, for this coming year, and instead of asking God so often to change the way things look, I think instead we need to ask him to change the way that we see. Because it's easy for us to, to go to God and say, hey, can, can you fix this? Will you do something different here? I don't really like the way this is happening. This is making me uncomfortable. God, can you do something over it? Can you move in a different, can you do? And instead of asking all of those things, I think we need to start asking God, can you change the way that I'm viewing this? Because it's clearly happening for a reason. God, I know that you're wanting to do something in and through my life as a result. So help me to see differently. Help me to, to perceive what is taking place in a different way. I don't know about you, but you know, I, I'm kind of wired to human nature, you know, like to focus on the negative. 
You know, if any situation, you look at why something may not work or why an outcome may not happen or why things may not work out, I think that that's, that's probably a lot of our condition. It's just how we're naturally wired. But all of those things are, are short-sighted because what it does is it takes into consideration our circumstances, but it leaves God out of the equation. And so instead, we need to, we need to begin looking at things through a different lens, You know, if I'm not wearing my glasses or if I don't have my contacts in, the world around me is very blurry. It doesn't make sense. It's hard for me to tell what things are and differentiate from one thing to the next. But with corrective lenses, everything comes in a crystal clear focus. It's the same way with God. We serve the God with whom all things are possible. And so when we begin to view our lives and the circumstances and situations that take place in it through that lens, through the lens of of all things being possible with God, then we begin to see that his love for us and his ability to move on our behalf, that it supersedes the reach and the difficulty, the reach of any difficulty that life may bring our way. Anything we may face, We'll be able to see the end of it and see how God is working in it, through it, or in spite of it to make us into what he's wanting to make us into, to to develop us into what he is wanting us to become. Greater prayer, greater praise, greater power, greater production, greater perception. The sixth and final area that I believe God is wanting to do something greater in our lives in the coming year is greater purpose, greater purpose. Paul says, may you experience the love of Christ, verse 19, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. If you and I are going to be, if we're going to become who God has chosen, who who he's called for us to be, then then it is imperative that we be full of Jesus. We've got to be full of Jesus because what I know is that we are incapable. We, We cannot pour out from an empty vessel. If you're going to pour water into a cup, there's got to be water in the bottle to begin with. The fact of the matter is that that we're not to get full of Christ simply for the sake of being full. And sadly, the church is full of people like this in this day and age. We're just, we're consumers and not contributors. We come and we get fed and we get fed and we get fed. And we eat and we eat and we eat and we're just fat and leaving a big butt imprint on the seat. That's not how we, that's not how we've been called to live. That's not how Christ intended for it to happen. We're not, we're not to get full of him simply for the sake of being full. We've got to do something with it. We need to understand that God has a plan, that, that, that we have a purpose, that we are not here by accident. And so, yes, God is, set, God, God is inviting us to the table, say, come and feast and get full on, on me, but then to turn around and go and empty ourselves out into the world around us to make a difference in the hearts and lives of those that are far from God 
but close to us. And so I, I think one of the greatest things that you could do to, to maybe jumpstart, to kickstart that, to take the next step would be to check out our Discover Track this year if you haven't done so already. Discover Track is a, a, a three-part um, three series. It's gonna help you to discover who we are as a church, who you are, how God has, has made you, how he's wired you, your personalities, your, your spiritual gifts, your tendencies, your passions, and then what those two things can be together so that it's no longer I'm just coming to, to consume, but I'm gonna take a step towards being a contributor to turn those things, to, to take the, the fullness of Christ that's being downloaded into me and then pour it out on to other people and serving and giving and, and, and ministering to them so that I fulfill my God-given purpose and design. It's gonna help to set us up for God to do something greater in our lives. And the, the people that have done that and they're, they're, they're taking the fullness of Christ that's in them and they're giving it away to other people. They're pouring it into the lives of other people. I, I guarantee you could ask those people and not a single one of them would regret it. In fact, they'd, they'd all say, man, I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I would have become a contributor a whole lot sooner. It's the key to unlocking the greater thing, the above and beyond thing that God's wanting to do in our lives in the coming year. Greater prayer, greater praise, greater power, greater production, greater perception, and greater purpose. So as we bring this message to a close, we wrap up this service today. Give a couple thoughts to these. What are you asking God for this year? Like really, what are you asking God for this year? How do you, how do you wanna be intentional and purposeful about this year being different than last? What are, you, what are you asking God for? And perhaps an, an even more important question that, that's tied into that is, what do you believe is possible? What do you believe is possible? And, and as you think about those things, what are, what are you asking God for and what are you believing is, is possible? I want you to consider this, that according to the word that we've read this morning, according to what Paul says, that, that God is able to do even more than that. Like the thing that you're asking him for, the, the things that you are believing are possible, God is able to do even more than that. I've got a pretty wild and vivid imagination, but God is able to do above and beyond any of those things that I can conjure up. And so I can't help but think, what might happen if you and I, if today we made the decision that for 2023, that this is how we're gonna live, that these are going to be the things that we're gonna pursue? What if we chose to pursue greatness in all of those areas? Lean into the thing that God has in store for us. I can't help but wonder what might happen. What kind of 
What kind of testimony of, of salvations would, would we experience? That loved ones who, who don't know Jesus or, or those in our life, maybe neighbors or coworkers or acquaintances or kids at our school or whatever that may look like that, that, are, that are far from God, but they're close to us. What kind of stories would we be able to share? What kind of restoration would be experienced in, in marriages and in families and prodigals returning home and, and, and uh, divorces being over, overturned and, and, and people coming back together and, and healing and wholeness taking place? What, what kind of freedom could we experience from things like addiction or, or uh, bondage or just the cycle of sin in our life? Where might there be able to be an increase of blessing that we could realize, maybe in our health, in our quality of life, in our relationships, in our finances? Just, just what might God do this year as a result of us making the choice to live this way and to pursue those things? What might God do as a, as a result in, in us? Like, like, who could we become by this time next year, January 1st, 2024, if we chose to live this way? What might our families look like? How, how might choosing to live this way, how might it shift the climate of our household? What could this church look like? How might we experience new life and vitality through a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit week in and week out over the course of this year? How might our city change for the better? How might God use us to minister to the lost and to the broken and the hurting of Nassau County and give us opportunities to point them in the direction of Jesus? If we chose to live this way, what might happen in our world? Because a few people in Fernandina Beach got together and decided enough is enough and this is how we're going to live. How, what, what, kind of, what kind of spiritual awakening and revival could start because we got together and decided we're gonna pursue something greater in the year to come? I wonder what might happen. key is for us to begin to pursue those things, to begin to look for something greater, to begin to expect God to do something above and beyond in our hearts and our lives in the year to come. So as we close, which one of these areas do you hear the Holy Spirit calling to you to lean in. Is it greater prayer? Is it greater praise? Greater power? Maybe it's greater production, the development, the growth, for the fruit of the Spirit to be evident in your life. Maybe it's a greater perception. You need to see things through a different lens and realize how God is at work. Maybe it's a greater purpose you to once and for all get up out of the seat and step out in faithful obedience to fulfill the calling that God has placed on your life. Maybe it's two or three or perhaps all of the above in those things. So to bring the message to a close, just ask that, would you just open your hands just right where you're at? Take a moment to pray. Would you just position your hands to receive? You just ask God 
to help you to receive in that area beginning right now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for its power. We thank you for its principles. We thank you for its promise. And God, despite being thousands of years old, how it's relevant to us, now it speaks to exactly where we are as we begin this new year. Father, I pray in in the areas that your people are in need of something greater. They are longing, they are desiring for this year to be different than any other, for you to do something over and above and beyond in their life. Lord, that right now, Lord, that you would begin to pour your spirit out upon them. Lord, that you would move in those areas of their life. Lord, that that over the days and weeks and months to come as we walk through 2023, that you would do something greater in us. Lord, that we would be people of greater prayer. Lord, that you would raise up an army of greater praise in this house. Lord, that, that we would experience greater power through an encounter with your Holy Spirit. Lord, that there would be greater production in our lives as we choose to live a life in sync and in step with the Holy Spirit. Lord, that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control would be produced as a result. Lord, that we would have a greater perception, that we would see things for what they truly are and how you are working in the midst of them. God, that you would help us to realize a greater purpose, that we would become the person, the people you've called us to be, that we would make a difference in the hearts and lives of those around us for the kingdom of God. Lord, we receive these things today. We receive the fullness of all that you are. We thank you for how you're moving in us and how you're gonna continue to move in us in the year to come. Give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.